Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, hey, welcome. It's another Friday, which is notable for us because me and Laura do a Seinfeld podcast. So Laura and I are finishing at least a typical work week with chatting about Seinfeld. Laura, how are you doing today? Doing well. Glad it's Friday. <laughs> I am too. It's another long week. Um, I started my week on Tuesday, and at the end of Tuesday, I really thought it was Friday. That's how long Tuesday was. Nothing bad happened. Just busy with work and home and everything else, but we're to Friday. I got to do another day, but, you know, Saturdays aren't generally as busy, so uh, let's, let's go through the rest of the week. It'll be good. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the butter shape today, which is a very interesting episode. But beforehand, Laura, uh, we always talk about, is there any breaking Seinfeld news? And it's kind of hard um, with a show that's been off the air for 30 years, I guess unless somebody died, but uh, Laura, I got excited. I sent you a link earlier this week, and you said it. I'm not sure what to make of it. Larry Charles, who was a writer on Seinfeld for the first five years, he was doing a podcast, and hey, good for Larry Charles. He wanted to make some news. So on the podcast, uh, you know, QAnon, we're doing this in 2021. Uh, it's kind of a right-wing conspiracy group that throws out a lot of ideas that can't uh, necessarily – substantiate and try to be nice about this. Um, so Larry Charles was saying, hey, if Kramer was around in 2021, Kramer would probably be a QAnon guy. And I thought it was interesting, but the more I think about it, I'm not sure if I agree with that. What do you think? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. He seems too, too out there to be part of any conspiracy. I mean, he has his own like conspiracy system, you know, that he operates under. I don't think he conforms to any conspiracy group. Well, and my understanding of QAnon, and you know, other than you know, just reporting on it or reading some stuff we do in the news about it, QAnon's like a pretty intense conspiracy theory. It's not just like a group that you would say. You know, hey, I'm sharing one post and we're good. I mean, QAnon is almost like a, a, a religion in some ways. So, I, I mean, I could see Kramer if we have like new sample episodes in 2021, which would be fantastic. Let's do it if anybody from Seinfeld's listening. But I could see him coming in one day and saying, hey, this sounds great. But like everything else, I don't think Kramer would stick around with him for that long at all, which technically would make him a QAnon member. Yeah, that is it. He doesn't really have stick to it in this. Yeah. 
I mean, I could see if we were writing some episodes, I could see him storming in and talking about, hey, is QAnon uh, fun and everything? And hey, I think you get a laugh out of that. But after a while, I, I, I don't think it, it would continue. So I don't know. You, you think Larry Charles, and we're all guilty of this from time to time, you know. Um, you know, sometimes you do things like we talked about, like when politicians make fiery speeches, you know. You know, sometimes you're more likely to do it if you're running for office or something like that. Uh, maybe Larry Charles is trying to make some news, and he kind of did that um, story. Did you uh, <laughs> did you read the rest of this where he talked about the other characters as well? Oh no, I didn't get that part. What um, did you say? Um, there's. I'll read the quote. Elaine might have been married a couple times. She's probably developed a pill habit of sort. She's been in and out of rehab, he said. Um, and George might have committed suicide by now, quite frankly. <laughs> wow, that'd been dark. I mean, like, I don't know. Very. Well, they did go to prison, you know. So, right. Um, and then he said uh, Jerry would be busy sinking his money into rare automobiles, which I think he does in his real life. Right. Um, <laughs> claiming to be on the spectrum without a formal diagnosis and dating women nearly 20 years his junior. And, you know, some of that is actually the real sign, is the real sign, though. You know. I wonder... Did, I mean, he was there for the first five years. Also, I, I didn't know too much about Larry Charles. I'm seeing he actually directed Borat. Um, so he's doing other things since then. Did he not leave in good terms? Is it, it almost sounds like somebody that we may have used to work with that, you know, we're like, hey, what would you think about the place? And, and then they started talking about everyone there was awful. I mean, did he leave on bad terms? I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. They, I know they had a lot of switching around and stuff. Yeah. With, with Larry, I mean, Larry David was like the heart and soul, and then he left and came back, I think, too. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know. I mean, Seinfeld seems like he would be a hard person to work with. Yeah. So. Because I know, you know, like you said, I mean, they ended up in jail and everything, but, you know, Seinfeld had some dark moments, but, you know, even the way he ended up with him in jail, it was kind of like a ha-ha jail. You know, it wasn't like yeah. you know, they were going to get harassed in jail or anything. It was just more of a... No, at the end, they were putting on a show. Well, when he was getting, when he was getting what, you know, made fun of during a comedy thing he was doing? Yeah. Yeah, but you never felt like he was going to get, you know, shivved or anything. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, one of my favorite shows growing up was Prison Break, and I've seen enough Prison Break where I'm like, man, the Seinfeld jail was a, a million times nicer than Prison Break. I'm looking at his um, history here. Um, that was like his first big thing, it looks like. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did a little bit. Um. The Tick. Do you remember that show? He was on yeah. Curb. He did some Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. Well, he must not have been that. If he did leave in a cloud, there must not have been a very big or thick cloud because, you know, he made it back to Larry Davidville. 
Yeah, who knows? If we had Larry Charles on, and hey, Larry, you know, give us some love too. It'd be great. But yeah, maybe Larry just say, hey, this is me trying to be funny. And yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll have went in a darker direction. I don't know. But, uh, it's okay. I mean, like I said, I, I can kind of see what you're saying about Kramer. Um, I, I don't think Kramer was stuck with QAnon. Uh, the suicide thing, I don't know. George was a very troubled guy, but I don't think George would have ever hurt himself. Um, Elaine, I don't know about pills. I, I mean, I think all of those, um, if they married, you know, all of the characters in Seinfeld would probably been married various times. There's nothing could stick with a relationship, but I'm not sure about the pills thing, though. I don't know. She seems to find her way into bad situations. You never know. Especially after yeah. I, I mean, the Seinfeld thing, yeah, I mean, he, he does a show about cars, so I get that. Um, he dates young women, I get that, and that's what he's doing now. Well, I mean, I, th- I think he's married. He married a younger woman, but um, the autism thing, I'm not quite sure what he means by that. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's, like, so clean and neat, and, you know, I, yeah. I think he, he said spectrum, you know, not, okay. yeah, I think he just maybe explaining why he's so just so <laughs> you know very interesting yeah. well i love the fact there's new news about seinfeld that'd be great um i, I was talking to laura i i don't write a lot for where i currently work at but man i need to write some more seinfeld stuff i'll have to talk to my boss and see if i can <laughs> cover trending seinfeld topics yeah. that'd be great so uh, don't hold your breath expecting it. I don't think I'm going to be allowed to do that work, but I can try. We'll see. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this week we're talking about Seinfeld, the butter shave. And if, you know, kind of, I don't know about dark, but it took some weird turns in the butter shave. Um, very good. I I think, uh, Laura, we were talking about this last week. I think it may have been better suited from a, a title wise to have, about George, because I, I love the fact where, um, you know, George's co-workers thought he had a disability. I, I like the butter shape part, but I thought George was actually a better a part of the episode. Yeah, I, I agree. He was, uh, this. there's like a little string of episodes, right, in a row regarding his handicap. Yeah. And the next one is the one... Next one after this is the one where uh, you know Gordon Jump is the his boss is trying to get him out of the out of the company by doing all kinds of stuff to him, taking away the bathroom and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it was great. Well, where you want to start with? Um, because it was three pretty good storylines with George, um, Jerry, and Elaine. Uh, where you want to start? I, I think we can start either way. Let's start with George. All right. Yeah, George was good. Um, you know, we're not watching these episodes sequentially, uh, but so it was kind of confusing to me at first. But remember, this was uh, season nine, episode one. And I, I guess kind of their gag when they started, they both grew mustaches and they said, oh, this is a bad idea. So we, we shaved them off. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. The end of the season before is. Um, uh, where uh, he had declared 
the summer of George. Yeah. And he got, how did he get injured? He fell down the stairs, right? Yeah. And when it was, he fell down the stairs when he was trying to get the invitations to, for Jerry's girlfriend to the mailbox. Yeah. yeah so it was good how they kind of extended that storyline into season nine. And, you know, so he gets a job. It was great because we knew it was um, play now. Um, it was just kind of the corporate office. So it was a playground equipment company. And, you know, uh, he's handicapped. They're, they're afraid. They don't want to appear prejudiced. So he gets a job. I, I wonder about that at times. You know, you know, sometimes I'll ask, hey, are you a veteran? Are you handicapped? And, you know, you shouldn't be hired or not hired just based on that basis. But apparently play now was very concerned about their perception, so he got the job. Yeah. And, you know, he got offered his own handicapped bathroom. He quickly realized, hey, I need to be handicapped, so he play, played it up. Um, man, of all the dark things he could do, uh, pretend to be handicapped for a better – for a job and get the handicapped bathroom, that's got to be pretty low. Very. <laughs> um, I, I liked – one of the things I liked about – Jerry in this episode was he basically his role in this episode was he was sort of the conscience of multiple people <laughs> you know because he was you know telling him basically you know, you're going to go to hell and all this stuff for what you're doing and are you sure you want to do this what's the matter with you kind of stuff and George just you know kept taking it one step further I, uh, I, this was a strange episode for Jerry. He was in it a lot, and he had a lot of stuff going on, but he was, like, a little un-Jerry-like. Yeah. But, I, you know, ba poor Banya, once again, you know, causes all kinds of trouble for Jerry. Um, but um, George, and one of the, to me, one of the funnier things that happened is when George came... I forget, was was it when he came to the house after he had gotten the job? Mm -hmm. The cane? And he said, he said, um, he said, oh, he went, you dropped, you got rid of your crutches for the for a cane. And he said, cane, uh, crutches, there's always a funny story, but with canes, there's a sad story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, was probably, you know, would play into the play now thing where, you know, they're like, oh, he needs a job because he has a cane. Poor George. Um, it was he, a well-written, awkward situation because yeah. you always think about, like, what would you do in that circumstance? And just think, if George would have just said something right away, yeah, I'm sure it would have went better than if he kind of carried this on for as long as he carried on. But even if he said something right away, it, it creates awkwardness. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lie, so you, you probably you just should have said the honest truth. But even if he said something right away, I mean, they probably look them weird, you know. If he, even if he stayed with the company for twenty years, so yeah, George is yeah. having a no-win situation there. And the thing is, like, he even talks about his injury as though he still has it because yeah, when he comes in. 
using the cane on the other side when he's like when he's like favored the other leg, you know. So he's got pain on the other side. And he said, No, my limp is on the right. This is from limping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he still had some of it. He, I mean, he could have easily just said, you know, I've I've spent the summer in you know rehab because I injured my injured my leg. He would have been he would have been in like gold. Well, and the company gave him so much. They gave him a handicapped bathroom. Yeah. I'm assuming Larry had the handicapped bathroom there. They buy him a mobility scooter, which I'm assuming would be less now than if you bought it in the 90s. So, yeah, the company's investing humongous money in it. And it just, I don't know, it just became awkward a bunch of different ways. Yeah. I loved uh, the part where he had the scooter in the apartment. I thought that was hilarious. Especially when he got mad at Jerry and he he's like, if you would help me get rid of or free my wheel, I would I'll be on my way. <laughs> yeah. Um what do you think of the little uh stretch where um they used the Sheena Easton song Morning Train with little clips of George in the office with the handicapped uh facilities where he's like using the little chair to go up the steps yeah yeah and uh, the woman's carrying him which i never i couldn't figure out why that was happening you know it seems so odd you know and then he's like sword fighting in his office and has to pretend to fall yeah <laughs> i mean it would be terrifying i i know george went through a bunch of jobs and you know if you're going through jobs you need to have a job so you know having that paychecks better than not having a paycheck but you, you gotta think there's some point where george is like enough is enough you know i can't be watching my back every time it, it just it was crazy and like i said to create such a crazy situation bravo to the sample writers of making something that was maybe not believable but it was crazy enough to I'd be really fun in the way they present it. You know, at the beginning of the episode, when they're sitting there complaining about their mustaches, and uh, he said, uh, Jerry's like, you, he's like, you got to stop. You need to get a job. And he's like, yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, he clearly wasn't getting to that point here. He didn't really get a job because he he needed a job. He got a job because Jerry told him he needed to get a job. I thought I read something overall. It was interesting because I, I think even around season eight, there was some talk saying, when will Seinfeld come to a close? And it was weird because, you know, Larry David was gone at that time. Forget wrong, but I think I read something where some people were speculating that even with the cast, they weren't even sure if there was going to be a season nine. Because if you look at season nine, and honestly, I liked the episodes. There were some of my favorite ones. But the season nine episodes got even more sillier than other otherwise. Because if you look at overall the episodes, I mean, you had this one where, and we'll talk about this in a second, where, you know, Newman's imagining Kramer, you know, and you know, Newman may not be sexually attracted to Kramer, but very attracted to the taste, I guess. Yeah, he wanted to literally eat Kramer off you, which which is kind of weird. 
you think about it too. I love the voice. That was the next episode. Uh, that was funny, but it, it seemed like season nine got a little bit more ridiculous. And hey, I'm down. I like that. But maybe they kind of took a turn because they weren't even expecting to come back in season nine. Yeah, I'm looking over as you were saying all that. I was looking over the uh, season nine episodes. There what I forget which episode it was. It's like just a minor moment in an episode. Um, do you remember the episode where um, Kramer um, gets the um, role of police tape? I don't even know how I remember like, how he got it or anything. But there was a point where it might have even that honestly that might have been the episode that never is shown again before Rican Day. Um, but um, he, somebody in Jerry's apartment drops an egg on the floor and um, Kramer takes the tape and makes like a little square of police tape around the egg. I mean, it was just so absurd, you know? And yeah. I remember when that was on, that scene, when I was watching it, I'm like, I'm like, this right here is why I'm going to miss this show. I remember yeah. having that moment in my head. You know, it it was so ridiculous, you know, but it was so funny that it's so absurd, you know. It was, I don't know, but it was season nine that it happened. So, but I mean, there's a bunch of episodes when I'm looking through this list that um, are not... Not the high, not the top of the list. You know what I mean. So they were all directed by Indy Ackerman. I'm looking at this kind of rundown of season nine. Uh, there was probably six or seven different writers, so it wasn't exactly the same writer. But it just made me think. Um, you know, comparing it to another show like The Office, like they always talked about, they had different writers, and and you could tell with The Office, there were some shows that were very more emotionally based, and there were shows, some shows that were so ridiculously slapstick funny. And it was funny because like I heard on The Office, it would just almost depend on whoever was writing that show. So if somebody was more silly, it would be a sillier episode. And I, I, I kind of got that sense of season nine. But I think overall season nine was great. I mean, but some of the episodes seem to be really ridiculous compared to the other ones. Like you see episodes like the Merv Griffith show, which is one of my favorites, was one of the more ridiculous um, you know, premises of the show. And, you know, you see this where, you know, uh, George is walking around pretending he's, um, you know, a handicap. So I thought it was great. Uh, very good. And, and I don't mean this is a complaint. I mean, this is a good thing. So, yeah. So George, you know, is a satisfying ending. Um, I liked how he was trying to uh, keep his job. He was trying to, you know, get back into the bathroom and everything. Um <laughs> I, I love the George part. Any other thoughts about the George part of the episode? Um, I liked the, the section where they had the slow speed chase down the street. Yeah, yeah. Where he dated one guy's uh, uh, machine. Um, it, it seemed ripe for him to get in some kind of difficulty with that scooter, you know. <laughs> it's pretty funny that it was with a, a senior citizen, you know. Um, I thought, I mean, I just thought it was hilarious. And he gets busted, of course, 
everything just falls apart in one moment where he's trying to carry away this gigantic scooter and gets in trouble with the boss at the same time. Don't you think George is... You know, I think about, like, the places George worked at on the show, and you had the Yankees, and although working there under Steinbrenner was very dysfunctional, to say the least, but the Yankees obviously was a great performing organization. They had a lot of success. But if you compare the Yankees to some of the other places George worked at, I mean, play now. I mean, you know, they joked during the show that the company never did well. But you got to think, too, if the boss never caught on for as long as he didn't catch on. Yeah, George was evil for trying to do the hoax. I- I'm shocked that the boss wouldn't have found out before. I mean, not a great boss if he's not picking up on this stuff earlier. Also, like, people who... Um, the woman who um, like found him, you know, you know, sword fighting with his cane. Apparently, doesn't speak to the boss or tell him what's going on. You know. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like there's a lot going on with the company. I mean, you know, they talked about the company was doing well. The worker. It just was a. It was a strange place. I, I don't know. Uh, very, very weird. Very strange. Yeah. Um, but but lots of good stuff there. I, I know it, it was a good episode for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah, the, the Kramer part. Yeah, we had talked about this originally, but you know the Kramer part. You know, he's he finds the butter is better than shaving cream, which made me laugh. And now he's like spreading butter all over his body. And again, great comedy. Just a totally ridiculous premise, which I think kind of exemplified season nine. I wonder how they came up with that part of the episode. I mean, a comedy, you got to come up with ridiculous thoughts and everything, but how do you come up with the idea that, you know, Kramer's rubbing bar all over his body? You know, that's a good question. Um, I wondered that as well. Um, it just seems so, he was so, like at the end when he was so upset about the stuff coming, getting on him, you know, the what was it uh, oregano and Parmesan cheese? Um, I walking around and being like greasy didn't bother him at all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like so, I never, I couldn't understand why one would be worse than the other. You know, I would think you know you wouldn't be able to open the door with your hands if you <laughs> when you have butter all over you, you know. Well, I think back to the episode where they're all swimming in the Hudson River, which is ridiculous <laughs> because it's so dirty and everything. Well, when Kramer first presents the idea to the rest of the gang, everybody correctly is like, man, this is ridiculous. I can't believe we're even even talking about this. And then, like you said earlier, George, later in the ep- episode, tries to shave himself a butter. So it, yeah. it's kind of funny how, like, you know, you rightfully say, Kramer, you're ridiculous, but then Everyone tries to do the same idea that Kramer has. It just got funny. Yeah. And the best part is George, of course, injures himself, you know. Um, the, the, at the beginning of the butter, you know, when they're first talking about the butter part of it, well, not the butter even, when they were talking about the shaving, and he says, you know, that he needs to find something that's, better for his skin or softer on his skin or whatever. And now there's, it's another moment where you find out that apparently he's, Jerry's also buying Kramer's, you know, that part of Kramer's beauty regimen, you know, his, uh, 
shave cream and whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Kramer, that's why Kramer doesn't work because he doesn't need to work because Gary buys everything. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, like we talked about before, what what a crazy plot twist when, yeah, Newman's, Newman's a big guy. He likes his food. But, you know, they never seemed to indicate that like, Newman had any, like, you know, sexual thoughts about Kramer. But, you know, no. who uh, wants to be a cannibal? I mean, I know, you know somebody could be attracted to the guys, and if that's what they do, that's what they do. But, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think Newman was thinking that. I mean, Newman was almost like it was almost like softcore cannibalism. You know what I mean? It was just very weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, he had no sexual interest in him. He just wanted to take a big bite out of his arm, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't think Newman was ever like, hey, I'm going to eat you alive, buddy. But it was just very <laughs> like, <laughs> Newman almost forgot the idea of how weird it would be to eat another human being. And he, yeah. he was almost thinking about it for a while, which is very weird. No, it was just. No, it was just the best is the reaction when Jerry realizes that Kramer is cooking himself on the roof. Um, and he's like, oh. Yes. <laughs> and he decides he needs to run up too. I'm not exactly sure what he thought he was going to find when he went up there, but you know, maybe maybe that was going to be his leg day or something. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Jerry Seinfeld fan in general. Um, I mean, I love the other characters of the show, but I thought Jerry did a good job. He was kind of like that assist guy. You, know, you think of him in basketball like a point guard. Helping mm -hmm. prolong the comedy. You know what I mean? I liked his role in this episode with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his, you know, his part of the thing was it really didn't have a lot. You know, he didn't have a lot to do on his own. He was, he was just a key yeah. part of other people in this episode. Not so much Elaine. You know, but you well, know. it's just for him. I mean, the show has his name on it. I mean, he could have been like, "Hey, it's all based on me. Everyone else is just supporting me." But yeah, he's done that various episodes we watched, and good for him. Like I say, he's not my favorite, but I like the fact where I don't know if he was ever that excited about, but it seemed like he willingly played that supporting role pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he did a good job, you know, reacting to them. Yeah, their videos in their lives and what they do. Yeah, um, we yeah we do have to talk about Elaine and her yeah. her funny experience. This was beginning. This was the first episode of the ninth season, and she was just coming back, getting ready to come back from maternity leave in real life. So yeah. she was, she had been missing like at the end of the season and was coming back from, from Europe while she was, you know, after she had the baby. So um, that's why you really never saw her or anything because she was still probably just barely ready to come back. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the Wikipedia section on this page. Very interesting because, you know, as you said, you know, they wrote her European vacation into this. But the direction for the episode where, you know, where um, Elaine and Putty broke up time after time, they said during the summer break, multiple Seinfeld staff members have broken up with their long-term lovers during overseas vacations. 
Mm-hmm. That's got to be weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it happens, but were they all on overseas vacations? It, it sounds weird. Like, I could see after you come back from summer, you'd say, hey, what happened? Oh, I had this crazy story. Very strange how it happened to multiple people at the same time. Yeah. Well, I figure people who wrote this show were probably just like a lot of these people that were on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, breakups were probably common for some of them. I, I can't say anything wrong with Patrick Warburton. I mean, we've talked about different characters that we love, like Uncle Leo and everything. I, I've never been disappointed by him. Um, you know, the show he did afterwards, um, that's escaping me right at the moment, we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, you know, he was great in that. It was almost like he was almost even like a little bit of an extension of his character on Seinfeld. I, I thought, you know, Putty was great in that episode. I thought he was good. I thought he was very good in this one. Just the, I'm not so, I'm not sure why she's so, she was so surprised that he was just sitting there on the plane and not reading or doing anything. Yeah. It's yeah. Like his whole existence, you know, he just sits there until it's time for them to react to each other. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would say, you know, getting back to the Larry Charles discussion. You know, if, if if we did sign for which one one, we're trying to figure out who these characters were. Yeah, I could see Jerry George and Elaine divorcing multiple times, or I could see you know Elaine be married to Putty, and you know they're they're just kind of slogging through life a little bit. You know, Putty's so loose, and you know Elaine is too, and some reason they just stick around together. You know, I, I could see yeah. happening. Yeah, I uh... maybe each other. I mean, that's <laughs> happened during the show, but I don't know, but. Yeah, very good. I, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the part. I mean, wasn't as detailed as some of the other ones, but I like the Elaine part. Um, you know, Jerry he has storyline too. Um, you know, when he was talking about the um, Banya, I thought that was interesting. Like we've talked about this before in comedy, especially in New York City. You know, you've got some really good comedians that sometimes play a smaller club just to kind of get practice to try a new act. Obviously, at smaller comic clubs, there's hacks that people don't do well. So I understand what Jerry's going through. I, I can imagine that maybe it happened to him in real life. I uh, thought it was funny how Dania always was trying to follow up on him and, you know, get this spot right after Jerry. And, you know, he started dating one of Jerry's ex-girlfriends. I, I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's when he threw the sets that second time when he was yeah. there, um, the one guy, um, the guy that actually told him the suspenders were played or whatever he said, um, that guy was on Saturday Night Live. He's yeah, yeah, Chris Parnell, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he's pretty good. Um, I I was listening to a podcast where they're talking about underrated people over the years. And, you know, Phil Hartman's name came up. And I love Phil Hartman. Uh, you know, he died way too young, which still makes it sad because, I, man, I love everything with Phil Hartman. But I like the character of Chris Parnell, too. I thought, uh, you know, he, he did that walk on with Seinfeld. Uh, he did some stuff with 30 Rock. I think it was always great on Silent Live. So, yeah, I enjoyed seeing Parnell in the episode. Um, the, the other thing we, I'm trying to think, we, we didn't talk about, um, one of my favorite lines in the show was Kramer 
and it sort of came back when Elaine sort of said it herself about when Kramer found out that she was going to Europe for a month with uh, with Putty. He said, a month in Europe with Elaine, that guy's coming home in a body bag. Yeah, <laughs> now, I can imagine that. That's, a, that's actually pretty much a factual statement. Yeah. And then she said it, too, about when he was talking about the kroner and everything, the money. Um, and she said, if you mention the kroner one more time, you're going home in a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I know Kramer meant that as a joke, but, man, it, it, it was very, very truthful and very interesting. And the, other um, thing, the one other thing that I noticed um, about, especially with, you know, because it it's, it's perfect George, typical George, um, that when he was in the office with, uh, with the new boss, or before, like, as he was getting hired, um, George was like, he seemed a little skeptical at first when he was saying, we need a guy like you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was, <laughs> he only became really interested in the job when he told him he would have his own bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Obsessed with bathrooms on the show. So I thought that was hilarious that it was the bathroom that sealed the deal. You know, it wasn't just a job in general. It was the bathroom that got him employed. We, we should have tried that at one of our jobs, like that we worked at, where you're like, I don't think I've ever had my own bathroom, but we, yeah. I, I wonder how it would have went if I mentioned that during a job interview. Like, you know, <laughs> I got my own bathroom. If I do it, it's, it's all exciting. I, I mean, I've had some really junky bathrooms where I've worked at, so I can't imagine getting my own bathroom at a, a spot. So. <laughs> All right. Um, the only other thing I can think of, and let me know if we missed anything else. Um, you may have mentioned this. I'm sorry. My volume's yeah. going to mess up on my laptop right now. But I think of any type of a creative job like we have in journalism or, you know, in comedy or whatever the case might be. I thought it was funny how, you know, they spill oregano over, um, you know, Kramer and Newman's trying to eat them and everything. And then they think it's part of Vanity's act and they offer him a, a, a show on NBC because of that. It, I see a lot of truth in that because sometimes anytime you're in the creative field, not everybody agrees with you and, and you get jobs and promotions for weird purposes. So there's a lot of truth in that. It made me laugh that there's a lot of truth in that a lot of times. Yeah. It was very good. What anything else from the episode that kind of jumped out at you? Um, not really. It, 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 I, you know, I, I will say one thing because I remember last last week I said you know that this is definitely not one of my favorite episodes. I did like it better than I thought I did. If it's the butter part that I thought was stupid, you know. But yeah, the George thing really saved this episode. For me, and Putty staring at the back of the chair in the, on the plane. You know, just he doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to sit there for twenty-two hours on a plane. <laughs> I I like the butter part just because I, I I was comfortable suspending reality. But like, if you really had to look at it from a hey, could this really happen? Yeah, I, I could see it being problematic because it, the whole concept was so like preposterous. So it was kind of crazy. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next week it's going to be interesting. Where we're talking about the seven, which I remember. I am looking forward to seeing this again because I haven't seen this episode for a while. Some of the other ones we've talked about, um, you know, I'm pretty familiar with as it starts, but I know the concept. Have you seen the seven recently? The seven? Yeah. Not recently. Um. It's where George wants to name his kid Seven, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he says it to somebody and they decide they want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm looking. I haven't. It's funny that, I mean, it. it's not surprising to me that he would want to name his kid after one of the Yankees, you know? <laughs> the Yankees really have, you know, it's, you know, the Yankees really play throughout this entire series, you know, the way they keep coming back, you know, the Jer- you know, um, Joe DiMaggio and the Dinky Donuts and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can honestly tell you I haven't seen that for a while. There's a lot there's a lot about the episode I'm looking forward to getting reacquainted with. So it, it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. And maybe there'll be some more breaking Seinfeld news. Um more, I've been really looking, tr- trying to get somebody involved in the show. show. Uh, maybe we need to look at old Seinfeld writers. I've been more focused on people in front of the camera. Maybe there's more Seinfeld writers are still around and with us. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, uh, my, my search will have to uh, continue. <laughs> so, I don't know. Any other thoughts on Seinfeld this week? Uh, good week. Anytime we get Seinfeld news, I, I get excited. Um, any of the thoughts on Seinfeld? No, I think we're good. Yeah, sounds good. Well, we'll be back next week to talk about the seven on season seven. And um, kind of ironic that we were talking about the seven on the seventh season of Seinfeld. So. But I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, for Laura, this is Chris. Uh, as always, thank you for checking out um, the Seinfeld podcast. Uh, remember, we're part of a bigger network. Uh, we do Ohio news and pop culture and all kinds of different stuff. So uh, remember to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, check out other shows. Lots of fun things going on. And let us know what you think. And it should be good. Well, thanks, Lori. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.